I've said it before and I'll say it again. Wrestling is kind of one of those up and down. Sometimes you have the good, sometimes you have the bad, and sometimes you have the ugly. I think this is a prime week of you had some really good stuff in NXT. You had some really bad stuff in Raw. And ugly stuff just in some of the behind-the-scenes things that go on in the world of wrestling, which we'll get into that and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined, as always, by Jason Brooks. Jason, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. Um, just want to let everyone know before we start, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Punch Apparel. Go to www.punc.co. That's P-U-N-C dot C-O, not dot com. Um, and freshen up your wardrobe. They have a lot of different T-shirts and cool apparel. Enter the promo code SHOOT, all in caps, S-H-O-O-T, for those who can't spell like myself, all in caps. And if you do that at checkout, you save 15% off. Punch.co.co accepts all major currencies, and all orders get free worldwide shipping. Corey Raw was awful. Um, and, and NXT, I thought, had some terrific stuff. Um, Ring of Honor had a tremendous match. I know, Corey, you may not have seen it. You guys in New York City may not have seen it, but um, the Kyle O'Reilly-AJ Styles match, there was some good stuff in wrestling, and then we had Monday Night Raw. Uh, and before we uh, start talking about Monday Night Raw, I just want to go, but everyone knows who follows us on Twitter, at WorkedShootPod. Earlier in the week, we had mentioned that we were going to have on Michael Kingston from Headlock Comics. Unfortunately, his schedule, something came up last minute, and we're going to have him on soon. But uh, you should definitely check out Headlock Comics. And he has his uh, second Kickstarter campaign going on for Headlocked, The Last Territory, Volume 2. He has 49 days left. To reach his goal of $20,000 in funding right now, he's at $8,307. He's got a lot of great deals for people who go and give money. Uh, Like I said, we're going to try to have him on the next couple of weeks. So once again, check out Headlocked Comics. And Michael, hope everything is going well, and we'll have you on the show soon. But uh, talking about Monday Night Raw... Let's get. To, do you want to get to the, the most ridiculous thing first, or the second most ridiculous thing first? I don't know. Whatever. I, you know, I'm going to be angry during this whole segment. So just go. Whatever. Talk about whatever. All right. So let's let's start with. All right. Roman Reigns is facing Seth Rollins on Sunday at the Night of Champions pay per view. But you give away the match on Raw, which was a good match. De- good, it was match. A good match. But can you explain to me why you have the face, aka the good guy, Roman Reigns, win clean on Monday? What's the point of them facing each other again on Sunday, especially when you didn't have anything where Seth Rollins went and had some sort of attack afterwards with a chair or something, or causing you know some sort of the idea that maybe he can lose in a rematch. Because as far as when I saw that match, he won pretty darn clean. And I don't understand why, like I said, first of all, why they face each other for free on television. And secondly, (laughs) if he won clean with no help from anybody else, why are we seeing this match again on Sunday? Yeah, so 
um, before the match started, they did the uh, they interviewed Rollins. I thought it was a pretty good promo, actually. Other than him getting on the floor and doing the gorilla thing, I thought that was stupid. I thought he cut a good promo. Um, and they but they showed when he attacked the Shield originally and broke them up. And they said three months ago. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Three months, you know, how has thing how have things gone? And the feud with Rollins and Ambrose has been terrific. It's been well paced. Um, it's been, uh, you know, well set. Um, they've done a really, really good job with it. Then Ambrose had this movie to do. Why they picked Dean Ambrose, I have no idea. I don't know where, where actor and Dean Ambrose was relevant. But they picked him to do this movie. Hey, good so for him. They decide to, well, good for him. You're right. So then they decided to hot shot this feud with Reigns. Now, we all know, you know, how I feel about Reigns. I like him. Rollins is my favorite guy out of the three, just because it's a personal favorite. I think he's the best worker out of the three. Now, they have Rollins win against Ambrose. Then they have Rollins kick him through the bricks, Ambrose, and he's out. Then they have Reigns come in and just destroy him in less than a month's time after this happens. And that's it. Rollins has been putting himself over as the architect of the shield as the reason why the shield is where it is. And he's had some validity to his claims. That's over now. That's over. What else? He's going to say he's Mr. Money in the Bank, but who can take him seriously now? He lost clean on a Raw main event and a match that had no build to Roman Reigns, the guy that they're pushing to the moon. This is WWE's problem. They don't know who, who to build and who not to build. And they build guys at the detriment of other guys. They can't build multiple stars up at a time. They can only build one guy at a time. It's short-sighted booking. You could you could say, well, it's long-sided, long-term booking in terms of building up Reigns. But they've already built up Reigns. He's fine. We know where Reigns is going. Why does he have to beat Seth Rollins clean on Raw for us to see that? Why have this match in the first place when it's the, it's the match that they've pumped up as the second biggest match on this pay-per-view. Why have this match? And so now they're telling us a Night of Champions is going to be a rematch? Could they not think of a match? Was there some issue that they couldn't come up with? I mean, the main, the match itself was good. And you knew that because Rollins can, you know, wrestle good match for you or I. But, I mean, come on. you got to be kidding me. Now Rollins is buried to Mr. Money in the Bank probably going to lose when he gets to face the world champion guy. He's going to be in this Damian Sandow mix. And I think Rollins, after this loss, I could easily in a, you know, six to eight months time, you know, WrestleMania time, being more of a mid-card guy. I think this is I think this is it. But I think if they really wanted to push Rollins, okay, you have Reigns one at the pay-per-view. I don't love it. I understand it. But they're having Rollins lose on Monday Night Raw in a match with no build. And then Reigns is dedicating the match to Ambrose. So Ambrose needs him to fight his battles for him. That makes Ambrose look weaker too because Ambrose also couldn't get the job done against Rollins. So it made Ambrose and Rollins look bad in the process just to build up Reigns, who they've been building up anyway. Corey, it, may, it doesn't make any sense to me. There's no logical sense in why they did this. The Paul Heyman Cena stuff was silly, but it at least got to a point. There at least was a point to it. 
Do I need Paul Heyman to write other people's storylines too? Because this doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me in any way, shape, or form. And maybe this is McMahon's deal. It sounds like it is. It sounds like every time one of these goofy things are happening, it's his deal. Same thing with the halftime thing with, with Cena and Barack. This is, seems to be his doing. So maybe this is his do, doing. He doesn't give a shit about Rollins. He doesn't give a shit about Ambrose. He, he gives a shit about Brock, Reigns, and Cena. And that's it. And maybe that's it. And, and we're, we complain on this show about pushing the mid-card guys, and we wonder why wrestling is not looked, taken seriously by anybody else anymore. And these are the reasons why. Dumb storylines. They push two guys at a time. In the late 90s, you had Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold, The Undertaker. What was the most popular time in wrestling? The late 90s. They had multiple good guys. They had multiple guys who could be the top dog at one point or another. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I know people are saying, I'm, I'm doing too much. I'm doing too much. That's fine. But Rollins is a guy who they can push as a big-time heel. And I think has potential. And they had him lose on Raw. Now, maybe I'll win at the pay-per-view, and then, you, you know, people could say I'm being ridiculous. Fine. But I, I, I need to see it happen. Because that, what happened on Raw, made no logical sense. He won the match, put his arm up, celebrated. Then that, then we move on to the horrible Mark Henry story watch. I don't know, Corey. So, sometimes my, my faith in, in, in me watching wrestling... It gets challenged. And logically, it didn't make any sense. It made no fucking sense. Okay. Now, that and a lot of other rants on this program this week will, I guess, be brought to you by Punch.co. Go check them out for, uh, and put the, in capital letters, shoot for a discount. But um, I was going to bring this up later, but due to the fact that you're so passionate about this, I'm going to throw out a scenario to you, all right? This may not happen, but if you look at the way that the John Cena-Brock Lesnar feud has been built in the last four or five weeks, it looks like there is a decent chance that Cena might win the rematch. Cena shouldn't win the rematch, but let's put it, let's, what do they usually do for Money in the Bank guys before they win the title and cash in? They seem to get buried a little bit, right or wrong, but the usual way that they go and they build someone is you go and you test them by burying them, and then you give them the, then you give them the title. So what you'll feel the same way is if the last image you see at Night of Champions is Seth Rollins cashing in money in the bank on John Cena, and he's a new champion. But you have the same feeling as you're feeling right now? Because, I mean, do I think that's going to happen? No. Do you most likely think that's going to happen? Doing the way that you felt on Monday, you know. I don't think there's any way John Cena wins the match. But just think about it, the way that they book sometimes. The idea of the Money in the Bank person is brought down a peg before they cash in. You know, a lot of times you'll have a guy go and go on a losing streak, will lose, you know, earlier in the night, and then all of a sudden he'll cash in. Like when Edge cashed in the first time. He lost earlier in the night to, I think it was Ric Flair in a match back, you know, at uh, New Year's Revolution with that, you know, pay-per-view that I think only happened once. You have, you know, CM Punk when he cashed in. 
He was he hadn't won, you know, a couple of matches before that. So a lot of t- like I said, I don't know if this will happen. I don't even think it will. But a lot of times when a guy cashes in money in the bank, right before that, he's almost at his lowest point. Think about Dolph Ziggler for basically a year, ever since he won the money in the bank. He was built horribly. And all of a sudden, he went, came out against Del Rio, won the title. When, when you know, it was less and less expected. So, I mean, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. But it almost seems like the way that WWE books is you get the money in the bank guy. You, you make him think that he's not worthy of having that money in the bank. And all of a sudden, they turn the switch and he cashes in. So, I don't know if that's going to happen. But if that does happen, will you feel a little bit differently when we do this show next week? Will you still be angry at the fact that he got beat clean anyway? And you just don't think that's the way you you do it. I will feel better about it, but I'll say this. We've seen these examples, such as Damian Sandow, where the the guy goes back to mid-card status. He doesn't win the money in the bank and goes to mid-card status. And I think either way is possible. I think he could turn into Edge, and I think he could turn into Damian Mizdow. And that's through no fault of, da- of Damian Sandow, who I think is awesome. But I-, I think he can go either way. I really do. So, yes, to answer your question, I would feel better. And it is an interesting point that you bring up. But I don't see Lesnar losing. They, they've, I, it looks like the you know, rumor is that Lesnar signed some new contract. You know, we don't have any real verification of this, but... That's what we're, we've kind of heard. Basically the same kind of deal that he has already, but he's extended it. So again, this is the rumor that rumor, the rumors that we've heard. If there's any truth to that, I mean, do you see, he's, I don't think he's going to lose until WrestleMania. And then they have, I mean, I just, I don't see it. Because, okay, say Rollins does win. What do they do with him? Have him go against Cena? Well, you know, you got, what, do you do, what do you do with Brock during that time? Well, how many? How often is? Well, let's get to the main point here. Even more than you just brought up that name, Brock Lesnar. What you do with him? Remember, Brock Lesnar is, is not supposed to be here for every pay per view. So, I mean, Brock Lesnar. Do I expect to see Brock Lesnar on uh, Hell in the Cell or whatever the pay per view is after this one, Night of Champions? I don't expect that. I mean. I don't see him being on every single pay-per-view as champion. And like I said, do I think what, you know, that ridiculous term, what's best for business? I think Brock being champion into WrestleMania and losing it to a credible babyface is the right move to do. I agree with that unless he's so hot and you keep him having the title even further along. But remember, one of the things that make Brock Lesnar such an attraction is the idea he's not there every week. So he doesn't go and get spoiled, and the fans don't start to turn on him because you're seeing him every single week. But what does hurt as a momentum if he's this big guy, the best guy out there, the guy who's beating everybody this year, and then he loses to John Cena? I'm not disagreeing with you, but look at how they're building the story right now. It feel, I mean, I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but part of me thinks there's a decent chance that John Cena... Wins the title on Sunday. I don't like it. I hope it doesn't happen. I don't think it's the right thing to do. But the way the promos that he's doing, the, this more aggressive side, it seems like that we might have a title change. I'm hoping that Brock keeps the title because I think that's what makes sense. But I can see Cena winning the title. Remember, it is John Cena. And this company is a company that 
has this hard time understanding the idea that John, it's okay for John Cena to lose matches or more than one, not to get his heat back right away. This is, you know, let's be honest. If this wasn't the company that, you know, doesn't believe John Cena, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan in the 80s, not losing like more than one match in a row at any time, we wouldn't be seeing this rematch of Night Champion so quickly, you know? It's the kind of the idea that he's got it, just like Hogan, the minute after he, if he ever loses a match, look at this, you got, he lost to the, Hulk Hogan lost to the Undertaker. Then we had Tuesday in Texas. We won the title back, you know, four days later. The way that they book their lead babyface, the guy that they believe is the company, they build him as strong as possible and as a guy who wins 95% of the time. Right. I, I think I think your best argument about Cena winning is because he's Cena. And Vince McMahon could just say, hey, I just want Cena to win because I want Cena to win. Um, that being said, I still don't see – that is the only chance I see of Cena winning. Because, again, logically, it doesn't make any sense for him to win. He's going against this guy who murdered him um, a month ago. And he shouldn't be able to beat him. I mean, they have established that he can't beat him. And so he should lose the match. Willing? Who knows? But he absolutely should lose the match. I mean, where we started this conversation with uh, Seth Rollins, you could also have, and like I said, I don't know if this happens, but I can see the, this is something I was going to bring up later on, but we just, the Seth Rollins talk happened right away in this direction. I really think there is, a good chance that Seth Rollins can walk out with the title on Sunday. I think that's a very good chance. Not, I'm going to put money on it, but I think there's a solid chance that could happen. We could also see something where Brock Lesnar goes and loses because Cena snaps and, you know, beats the living hell out of him. Cena has, leaves him lying, and then all of a sudden it looks like he's hurt. And, you know, Seth Rollins goes and cashes in and, you know, and, you know, after getting F, what's called attitude adjustment or uh, the FU or whatever we're calling it uh, this year, he comes down and cashes in on Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is supposedly hurt. And then you can go have Rollins versus Ambrose. You can restart that feud for the title. And you could have, you can continue the, the Lesnar. You think Rollins can cash in on either guy? Yes. You don't usually see heel and heel cashing in. True, but you know what? If you if they're bent if they're hell bent on the idea that they want their champion to defend on every pay per view, there's a chance you take the title off of uh, of Lesnar. Doesn't matter if Lesnar has a newer deal and he's going to work a couple of more dates. Lesnar's not a guy who you want at every pay per view. He is a special attraction that wrestles more than the average special attraction, but he's a special attraction. He is, like they say, the beast incarnate. He is the guy that when the average person looks at him, they think this guy is a monster. He literally, legitimately might be crazy. You know, all, all the terms, bigger than life. How many guys in the WWE right now, or even in wrestling as a whole, when you see them, you think there's a legitimate chance they could really be a guy who can kill you? Who might I, think, just snap. I, think, I think Reigns. Is the, I think Reigns and Brock are the only two guys, and I think that's why Reigns. As much as we, you know, again, this isn't about Reigns. I like Reigns. This is more about them hurting Rollins. 
I think Reigns, and I know, you know, you say you like Ambrose more, and that's fine. I like Ambrose more at this point, too. But when you look at Reigns, he looks like he can kick someone's ass. Like, he looks like he's an ass kicker. And I think a lot of the WWE guys, and we've talked about this in the past, and wrestling in general, because of the, you know, no steroids and, and whatever, a lot of the guys are similar side. Rollins and Ambrose are the same side. You know, a lot of these guys, a lot of the, you know, the indie guys we talk about, they're all on the same side. Brock is a different, he's a beast. He's a beast. So I, I see what you mean. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really want to talk about at some point, and I know we're going to break in a little bit, where we see the whole shield go. Say Reigns wins. Or say it's, uh, whatever, a funky finish. Where do they go with these guys? What are they going to do with all three of them? And, um, you know, it's... It's going to be interesting to see, to see where, you know, where all that goes. But um, we're actually going to hit a quick break for you guys. Um, we're going to talk about, maybe we'll talk about the Shield on the way back. We're, we'll continue to talk about a pretty crappy Raw. And we'll preview United Champions on the way back. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine? Do you remember when they were the best of friends? Yeah, used to be. So Seth Rollins stabbed him in the back. Reigns and Ambrose. Oh! Now, while the shield was so great. It's really interesting sometimes on that when right before we start a show, Jason either has a feeling of this is going to be a really good show or this could be one of those shows where it takes a while to get into. Jason, this time around, I remember you saying something in the idea of Raw wasn't very good. I don't know if I have really a lot to say. This one could be maybe a little bit of a struggle this week. All of a sudden, we get a classic Jason rant. Jay, I, I don't know, either either you were just trying to surprise me so it would take me a little off my game, or just something woke up. The lion woke up in that uh, in Rochester, and all of a sudden, we had classic Jason just going, I want my piece of flesh, and I am going to beat the living hat of the listeners, and they're going to understand what I have to say. It was beautiful. But, you know, I guess this time you might have been wrong on the idea that uh, we got nothing to talk about. It's going to be kind of a tough show to get into. Yeah, I don't know. Um, some, sometimes I don't know. Yeah, if we go into these shows and we, you know, we do the prep, I rewatch Raw. Unfortunately, we rewatch Raw, and I don't always know. You know what happens is sometimes my anger, like I either get more excited about the show or I get more angry about the show, and maybe that's it. Maybe I became more angry about the show, you know, and that's what happened. I really thought they missed a lot of spots on this show. I, I just, I, I don't know. You know, where they were going with it. Just so many corny, stupid segments. I, I don't know. It just, I think, you know what I think it was? I was somewhat angry watching it this week. I was. You know, I was like, I, I could be watching a football game. And I watched a lot of the game, actually. And that's the thing, too. You know, it's funny you talked about Monday Night Football and kind of gauging it compared to wrestling. And I, you know, kind of, I'm always, I always poo-poo that a little bit and said, no, it's not that big of a deal, that's a big of a deal. 
obviously to the WWE it is because they changed one of their their main event angle, which was going to be Cena and Brock, and made that at the halfway point, halftime of the football game. And so they changed up their whole programming just for the football game. And so, you know, it, it is a big deal. But now I, I, I watch the football game, and then I watch Raw. And we do a podcast. I know I'm watching this show again on Tuesday. So if Raw sucks, like, I'm not going to watch it. I know I live tweet it, and I'll live tweet it if it's a segment especially. But, like, if it's a crappy segment or a crappy match, like, I'm just going to watch the game. And I think WWE needs to be, you know, viewership was down a little bit this week over last week. And they need to be careful because, you know, I've got to give it to you with with what you said about football. They've got to produce good shows. They don't have to be great shows every week, but they can't be given as garbage. They cannot be given as garbage every week. And um, they need to be careful. Now, uh, I just want to throw this in here. Uh, former guest of the podcast, Mike Johnson, just put up on PWInsider.com. Raw audience drops the lowest since May. Hour three drops especially hard. Uh, let's see. I'll try, try to read this up. The 915 episode of Raw garnered 3,826,000 viewers, the lowest audience since late May. The show started out with the 3.9 million viewers in hour one. The John Cena Brock Lesnar tease, where WWE pretty much admitted that the two would face off at halftime, brought hour two up to 3.949 million. Unfortunately, the, that left hour three to drop to 3.629 million viewers. That would be the, the lowest rated third hour since December 2013. You know, so I mean, I know that you know the you know the Eagles and Indy are both the Eagles are a pretty big team. Indy's a pretty big team now. So I mean, it's kind of interesting, you know, to say the least, where this is gonna, where this might go. So I mean, if the ratings are gonna slowly deteriorate, you might see a lot of different things going on. Them just throwing things on the uh, throwing things out there. I mean, you had Brian Alvarez from uh, Pro. From Wrestling Observer, they, uh, him and Mike Sepervini do a uh, a national show on Sirius XM and I guess other places on Sundays. And Brian Alvarez had said that as of when they start taping, which I guess it was like about three o'clock in the afternoon, Roar wasn't even finished being written. So I mean, wow. it's kind of scary on what could and could not be happening. And I guess the idea of Reigns versus Rollins, which we spoke about a lot in segment one of the show, might have happened just the idea that, you know what, we're going to put a fresh new match that no one has seen before against Monday Night Football in hour three, and hopefully we get, you know, some people who may have enjoyed the halftime show will continue to watch, and we've got this, so, you know, I don't know, I mean, I think, I know I'm throwing this out there, because I just literally saw it myself, you know, a minute ago while we were actually on the air, but... Those ratings aren't anything special, and Raw is going to have to go and figure out a way to go and make people want to go and not watch, you know, the Monday Night Football game, not watch Gotham when it, you know, premieres, not watch the Blacklist, which, you know, you saw advertisements on during Raw. I know they're both, you know, NBC Universal things. I I don't think they have to worry about competing against the Blacklist in those shows. 
They have to worry about competing against live programming that you can't DVR. You can DVR a football game, but you really can't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you're always going to see the score. You can DVR the blacklist. You can DVR Gotham. You can DVR certain things. You cannot DVR a live football game and then expect not to see the results unless you go out of your way to avoid them. But the other thing is, so the Rollins-Reigns thing, I mean, Corey, it seemed like it was put together. It seemed they're having a match tonight. That's it. I mean, and they need to be careful about that, right? So that ended up being a really good match, and it was a very entertaining match. But, you know, don't cut your nose off to spite your face. For your short-term future of popping some ratings, be careful to do that over the hurting the long term of your company, moving toward WrestleMania, moving toward the Royal Rumble, and those sort of things, and hurting your characters. You know, we talked about it with uh, Zach Zimmerman last week, where Ring of Honor has this real long term kind of vision about where they see the product going. And WWE, some stuff long term, some stuff you feel like they they just throw it on the dartboard and they say, okay, this guy's going to win tonight. We're putting this guy over tonight. They need to be careful about that. And so we saw last week with the Jerry Springer thing and uh, the whole thing with the Michael Sam thing. He's going to open letter to him. And, uh, you know, remember when they did the Raw every week, the celebrity GM of Raw? Vince McMahon, when he wants to try to pop ratings, he has a funny way of trying to do stuff. And it doesn't always involve having good quality wrestling be part of what's happening. And you know, and, and you know, and you know uh, the key, oh, I'm sorry. Let's continue. No, go ahead. And you know what that key word is? That name that you just brought up. When the ratings aren't good, we see that Vincent, K, you know, Vincent Kenny McMahon makes an appearance on TV. And Vince is entertaining, yes, for a couple of weeks. But when you see Vince on every week, you start to groan. Just like we were saying, you know, with. Lesnar is a special attraction, and he means more when you see him once every, you know, four or five weeks. When you're seeing Vince McMahon on your TV screen for multiple segments when the Raw rating isn't doing well, you're going to be sitting there going, somebody, please, just make this show two hours again. Well, we, we wish that every week, but I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm not so worried about Vince coming back. I'm worried about him putting the Jerry Springer segment on every week. I'm worried about him trying to do these things to pop, things to pop ratings. I, I'm very, very worried about that part. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I, I'm definitely worried about that. Let's talk about your boy coming back on Monday. The, um, what do they call him? The Lunatic Fringe. I kind of like that nickname, by the way. <laughs> the Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, is coming back and making his return to Raw. Um, it's been confirmed by a couple of sites. Um, he... Did a movie. I don't know where he got his acting credentials from, but God bless him. I mean, anyone can make a WWE movie. So he made a movie. Good for him, you know, getting a, you know, an extra paycheck. Or who knows if they paid him for the movie. Um, but, you know, getting getting a role in a movie. Um, so he's returning this Monday. Um, apparently he's not dead, um, which is good. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Because, as we've said, and I went kind of crazy with Rollins. Rollins is probably going to lose the rematch. Um, I don't I don't see really where else they could go with it. Or maybe have him win by some BS interference. We'll see. We've got the Hell in the South pay-per-view. What do you think they do with Ambrose? Do you think they have him go after Rollins again? Do you think they have him involved in 
you know, whatever. Where, where do you see they go? Where do you see them going with them? And if Reigns beats Rollins clean again, then doesn't that hurt Ambrose? Because Ambrose would have to beat Rollins again to look strong. You bring up some interesting ideas there, but I mean, I think the one idea that you said that could very well happen is Rollins could win or Reigns could win by disqualification by, even though he's supposed to be there on Monday, the return of Dean Ambrose, the guy who more than likely, in my opinion, should be headlining WrestleMania, but we digress. I could see him coming back at the pay-per-view and causing a DQ to, uh, you know, going after Rollins, and that's how you don't have your clean finish. I mean, is it the best idea? No, but you know what? I think these three guys are going to be linked to each other for a very long time, and the easiest way to bring him back is one of two things. One, to feud with Rollins, which we'd all love because they have great chemistry and they're both very good together, you know, on the mic and in the ring, or he goes after that waste of human space known as Kane. I think those are the two, two ideas, either... Rollins, or he goes after Kane because Kane's the guy who put the cinder blocks out there. So, I mean, I see him having a big impact the minute he comes back on Monday. I don't know if he'll be the vocal point of the show on Monday, but I think he'll have a pretty big thing going on. And I kind of think that he's going to come back and have, uh, have his revenge on Sunday. I think we start there. I don't know if that's... And, you know, I can see him even maybe working into the whole entire idea with the main event where, you know, maybe Rollins tries to cash in on Cena and all of a sudden out of nowhere, Dean Ambrose comes back and that's how you continue that feud where he costs him cashing in the money in the bank. Yeah, I get to see that too. That's what I was thinking too. But then Cena's a champion again. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> or it could, you know, be a fallen Brock Lesnar where he tries to cash in on Lesnar. And then you have the back of your mind, you have the Lesnar feud if you wanted to go either turn Rollins' face later on or you just want to feed somebody to, uh, to, to Lesnar. But uh, let, me, let me change around because, like I said, the way this show works, you know, both of us just hear an idea and we just start rolling. But let me get your opinion on this. Who besides Cena and Triple H, who's no longer there, CM Punk for maybe our one reference, which we do at every show, who's not there, who else do you think either the company trusts to face Brock or who else we might actually see Brock wrestle? Maybe we see him face Reigns down the line and maybe if if uh, Daniel Bryan's healthy, we see that. But honestly, who else is on the level that they're going to put in the ring with Brock Lesnar in a feud? I know you could say you can put anybody there, build them that way, but I mean, who has the style that works well enough? I mean... Do you really, what, what is the only other guy I can think of is almost, you know, is Sheamus, which I don't want to see that. I mean, he's already killed Mark Henry. He's killed Big Show. Who else is out there that's a face? Or maybe if you could turn a guy from a heel to a face, that you're going to put Lesnar in there. Because, I mean, when I look at it, I think the majority of Lesnar's matches are going to be against John Cena, which scares the living hell out of me. Where you, you, if he's going to be there again, we might see Lesnar Cena f- 4 at Hell in a Cell. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but who else do you think they have the faith in to face Lesnar in a paper, you know, in a match? Well, the, the, this is the rumor. Okay, enlighten me on the rumor. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, 
the rumor is that the Big Show may get a run here, Adam. Okay, I'm sorry. Can you can you say it again? Because I kind of fell asleep. Because I, I think I heard the word Big Show. Paul White, the Big Show. Oh boy. Remember him, the Giant, WCW. Uh, yeah, the Big Show may get a run, Adam. Um, a losing run, obviously. I, hope I so. really don't want to see that. I mean, but you know, that's us being tired of these old guys, him and Kane, and you know, I, I like actually like Mark Henry, but. So do I. Um, I, I, I love I love what they've done with him in his yeah. his latest incarnation. Not the current one, but when he was doing the whole type of thing with the so so maybe my favorite segment. I think it was last year's Raw. The, Absolutely. Him retiring with that salmon salmon suit and then going and turning on Cena. I thought that might have been the best the best uh, the best moment of Raw last year. Yeah, it definitely was in the, definitely was in the top. But okay, so back to your question. So, I mean, the older guys, they can always trust. They can trust Mark Henry. They can trust the big show. Which you have know, happened already. Guys that, what'd you say? Which have already happened. Which have already happened. They can reboot it. Ugh. Other than that, I mean, you know, they can turn Cesaro babyface. We talked about that months ago. And they decided to, you know, I don't want to say bury Cesaro. Cause I don't think they've buried him. But they decided to keep him down in the mid-card. Um, kind of pat him on the head and say, stay down to the mid-card. I think that could have been a tremendous feud. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there would have been some issues with that from Cesaro's end as far as cutting promos, but I think that it could have gone over pretty well. I think Heyman could have done a good job with it, and I think they would have had, a, obviously, a terrific match. So I think that could have been a feud they go down, but I don't. I definitely don't see that. Um, maybe Sheamus? I mean, he would be a guy. He's, he's an older... He's he's a, he's a young veteran basically. He's been there for a while. He's a guy they like. He's the U.S. champ and probably will still be after the pay per view. I will get to that a little bit later, but yeah. Um, I you know maybe Sheamus. I don't see many guys though at all. Do you think but Dean Ambrose? Is, and, uh, do you think Dean Ambrose's style or his no, his, I don't, his I don't, body I type? I want to keep Dean Ambrose away. I want to keep Dean Ambrose away from him. And because that means Dean Ambrose doesn't have a title shot for any time soon, which he doesn't need, but I mean... No, I don't want to see him... I don't want to see him get destroyed by Brock Lesnar. But I think whoever... If their plan is what I think it might be, that they're going to have Lesnar basically win until Mania, you don't want him to just bury young guys the whole time. Mm-hmm. You don't want him to beat Ziggler. And as much as we don't like Sheamus, Sheamus has still got it. Like, we don't want him to beat Sheamus... You know, all these guys, he's probably better off beating the old vets who we kind of know already, who it doesn't matter if they win or lose, they're always going to be out there. I, you know, Dean Ambrose is not a guy I want even closest. I want Ambrose's momentum to continue and to keep him where, kind of where he is. I don't I don't know who they put him against. I really don't. But that, but that brings up the idea that you most of the time when, when you see Lesnar, he's going to be facing Cena. Because they they have a chemistry, and they you know seen as the face of the company, and they believe in him in every situation. I mean, honestly, I don't know what you do. I mean, I love Les, and that's one of the reasons why it, it's tough having Lesnar as champion if you want him to actually wrestle guys that aren't named John Cena. Corey, that's not the problem. The problem is not Lesnar. The problem is we've said time and time again on this podcast one of the overarching themes of the show is that they have not built up enough guys. Absolutely. They haven't built up enough credible people. You're so, right. 
No, the, yes, there's no one for him to go against because everybody wins and loses every week, and no one's built up to be credible. So that's really their biggest problem. And now I guess they're going to have him go against John Cena every month. I mean, I could easily see them him going against them against them at Hell in a Cell. I could easily see that. And I'm like I said, I'm at, maybe at the next break we'll double check to see when Hell in a Cell is. I think Hell in a Cell is the next pay per view. I might be wrong, but you know, I mean, it is funny. I think we both agree when we get to the last segment that Night of Champions is, is a one card show, is a one match show for the most part. But that one match. With the ideas of what's going on with it have given us, you know, 35, 40 minutes of very entertaining, you know, podcasting. So, I mean, they are doing something right in that department. But, you yeah, know, it's... No, I, I, I agree. My thing is, it's one freaking, one, ma- one, show, uh, one card, one match card, I should say. I mean, they, they don't have anything else going on. And by the way, and I wanted to look real quick, that's why I was kind of, you know, stammering for a second there. Hell in a Cell is the next pay-per-view. I am correct. October 26th at American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas. Oh, wow. Well, so hopefully there'll be Cell some uh, hot, uh, hot cowboy cheerleaders at the, at the, uh, at the event. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who you have this guy, this guy go against. And this pay-per-view, we're going to talk about it more in the next segment, but, I mean, I, I'm not... I think there'll be some good matches, but I'm not excited at all. I don't think there'll be any significant... Well, let's talk about this after the break. I have a, I have a question after the break about the pay-per-view, but we'll, we'll wait until... I, actually, you know what? We'll do a little tease. Okay. And you can answer this after the break. Sure. Do you... Do you... And do our listeners... Do we see any big surprises? Because, really, this card looks to be pretty cut and dry. So will we see a surprise? We'll talk about all that and more. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. But here, here is what I know. And this is what I know. Seven days ago, I gave you 24 hours to produce the beast because I told you I was coming for a fight. Oh, oh, hurt? You're going to know hurt because it if about 80 minutes, give or take 5 or 10, your beast doesn't show up, well, well, that means it's halftime. And I'm not going to wait to the end of Raw. Because at halftime, when this show is halfway done, your number is up. No beast, Mr. Heyman. And simply put, I'm going to kick your ass. We've spoken a lot about this week about the WWE, and uh, we're going to continue that. And... I don't know if this is all going to be positive or negative this segment, but it's the point of the show where once a month, and hopefully it won't be more than once, we go and break down the upcoming pay-per-view, or, you know, as some people will call it, the WWE special of the evening. I'm going to, I'll be honest, like we said last segment, I think this is a one-card show. Maybe as we talk about this some more, maybe something else will come out of it saying, you know what, we're really looking forward to something else going on. And I don't know, you know, sometimes when you say something's a one-match one show, I mean that based on the build and how they've really portrayed the product. We might have some really good matches on the show, but based on the idea of what we're interested in coming in, I feel this is a one-match show. Would you agree with that for the most part? Yeah, absolutely. I think there'll be some good matches on the card. 
So don't get me wrong. We've talked about how they don't emphasize the U.S. and IC title, and I think they've emphasized both, emphasized both of those titles um, in this pay-per-view. And I think they've done a nice job with the Miz and the Ziggler thing in particular. So I, there's definitely some good matches on the card, but I don't think it will see much significance as far as big changes. All right, let's let's you know let, let's start with the Miz and uh, the champion Dolph Ziggler, which like I said, I thought some some moments of the build for this have been decent. But well, we'll both agree mightily that it's wasting away. You know the ability of Damian Sandow, even though he's just like everything he's been doing lately, he's quite good at this even though the whole R-Truth thing over the SmackDown and Raw has been comical, to say the least. But, you know, at least R-Truth has, has been on TV the last, you know, two shows. And, you know, starting to wonder if he was still employed at this point. But let, let's start off. Ziggler coming in as champion. This is a rematch from SummerSlam, where he unexpectedly won the title, which I'll be the first one to say. I, th- I didn't think he was going to win it. I thought that Miz's character had become strong enough that he'd get a little bit more of a title run. I could see them going and... I could see the Miz getting the title back. I mean, I know everyone, all the internet fans, want to see Miz. They don't love him, so they don't want to see him in that role. And people are really entertained by Ziggler and hoping this might be his chance to really shine. But I'm going to go with the Miz. I know it's a... It hasn't been a long time and we're going to be... Flip-flopping titles, but I'm, I'm going to go with The Miz. What do you think? Yeah, I, this is the thing usually. It's usually better when a babyface is going for the title and not the champion, but I think they've done a good enough job. I see it going either way, but, you know, just to be a contrarian, I'll say the I'll say the, that Ziggler wins. Um, I don't want to see them flip-flop the titles. I think it's too early. I do think usually the babyface is better from underneath, basically better chasing the title rather than being chased. That being said, I think Dolph will win, and I I definitely hope he wins. Although I've really, really enjoyed Miz. This isn't a anti-Miz thing. This is more, I think it's a little early to change the title. Now, have you enjoyed the Miz, or have you enjoyed what they've done with the interaction of the Miz and Sandow, and you'd like to see that? continue, and there's a better chance of continuing if you have Miz as, you know, as champion, so Sandow's doing more. I think if Miz, I think if Miz, whether he has a title or doesn't, um, I think they can continue it. I like what they did with the Miz when he first got there, before Sandow, um, when he was talking about his moneymaker, and he's saying, don't hit me in the face, and he was putting his face over as, like, a prop, saying, you know, that's a gimmick in the magic, don't hit me in the face, like, it's a thing. So whenever he was close to getting hit in the face, the fans were really into it. So I love how they used kind of his face as, you know, part of his matches. Um, so, no, I've, I've really enjoyed what they've done with The Miz from, from the beginning. And I think, obviously, Sandow makes everything, has really makes everything better. And he's really positively impacted this feud as well. All right. So, so far, me and you have disagreed on the first match. I think we miss, might disagree on this next one, too. I think that we're going to have another title. I think this is a show where we could have quite a few title changes, which might actually mean a good thing for Brock, because if you have title changes early in the show, you most likely don't change the title at the very end. It keeps a little bit of consistency there. 
I think that Sheamus is going to go come in with the U.S. title, and he's going to leave empty-handed. I think that Cesaro will get the U.S. title, and I think this is the beginning of a little bit of a push for Cesaro. And I kind of think that also because if Lesnar is going to keep this title, I think he needs fresh opponents. And I don't think you do champion versus champion. And I think due to the fact of his style of work and the idea that because he's so white and pasty, that the shots that Lesnar gives him will look even more impressive because of the scars that will be left on him. I think you have you get the U.S. title off him. You give it to Cesaro, help him try to get a little bit of push going. And you move Sheamus on to being a future tackling dummy for, for Lesnar. Yeah, they don't do a good job of pushing two guys in the same feud at the same time. So I don't know if they have that ability, to be honest with you. I think Cesaro, I could see Cesaro winning because I think he's worked hard. I think the WWE feels like he probably deserves it. He's buddies with John Cena. And so I, I could see him winning from that standpoint. You're right, I guess, about Sheamus. But I guess my question would be, and we don't have to spend too much too long on this, is if Sheamus does lose to Cesaro, then what, two months later he goes against Brock Lesnar for the title? I mean, I don't think he'd be believable at all. If he can't beat Cesaro, there's no way in hell he's going to beat the, the, you know, beat, uh, the Beast. So you're right in your kind of logic. I just I don't know if I see it going that way. But I do see Cesaro taking the title, um, yes. All right. I, I thought you were going to think the burial of Cesaro is going to continue. I'm actually a little surprised. And as you say, John Cena is a huge advocate uh, for Cesaro. Well, the biggest advocate in the company was a you know former training partner with uh, Sheamus, you know, some guy named Triple H. So I think they both have their backers coming you know, in that match. So, I mean, sure. I could see that going either way. Um, let, let's get a match out of the way, which I really – I guess we should have more interest in, but I really don't care about, and it's sad to say this. But let's, let's go and uh, women's championship. You got Nikki Bella, who – She's trying hard, and I think she's actually doing a decent job on the mic, having to drag, you know, her non-talented sister around. You know, one of them not that much talent. I mean, let's not let's not say uh, put Nikki over for Brie. They both suck on the microphone. They're in the ring. I think both have improved. They're brutal as characters on television. Go ahead. All right. Well, like I said, I think some of some of the stuff Nikki has done has actually been when she's passable. Screeching. Oh my God, she's awful. Quit, quit, quit. Oh, my. I was like, nailed on a freaking chalkboard. I hear you. Um, and then we have AJ Lee, the former champion, and the current champion, Paige. Honestly, as only thing I'm hoping in this match is we don't see Nikki win. Because I, I know that we're going to have to see Nikki versus Bree at some point in a singles match. But let's not have it involved in the title. I just, I think that... Paige and AJ could have a very good match together, which we saw at SummerSlam, which I thought was by far the best of the matches they've had in the three matches they've had so far. So, I mean, I like the idea of Paige versus AJ. I guess it brings a little bit more to the match when you actually have somebody involved that Creative actually cares about and and Nikki. You know, a.k.a. Total Divas means something, so... People may actually may actually get a little time 
But I, I'm going to say that we're going to flip titles again. I think AJ wins this. I think AJ wins the title. I think as long as you have AJ and Paige doing the majority of the work, I think Nikki can put a couple of things in here and there. I think you most likely have. I'm hoping that AJ wins, but I think you might have some sort of smudge finish with with uh, Brie coming in and trying to attack her sister. And you know the match ends by you know with a DQ. Um, you know, again, I, I don't really have any logic behind some of these picks, to be honest with you. Corey, you do a nice job setting things up and putting all this logic behind these picks. Some of them, I have no logic behind it. And for this reason, and this reason alone, I'm going to go with Nikki Bella getting the upset victory. Why? I have no idea. It doesn't even make any sense. But for shits and giggles, Nikki Bella for the win. Before we move on, I, I can see that happening for one reason. I can see them, you know, I don't know how far in advance they have or how behind they are when it comes to Total Divas, but if you can have, the, you know, showing that someone on your cast has, it actually has a title, even though I know the titles, according to Vince Russo, just, you know, are props. I, I think, you know, if you put the title on Nikki Bella, you could have, you know, a couple episodes with with the uh, with the champion as part of Told Divas, I guess you can do that. But like you said, it's all a mixed bag, and I like I said, would have rather seen this just be AJ versus Page. Well, well let I me guess. ask you this. Yeah, sure. Uh, I do. I, I do think this match is going to be a super mixed bag. Um, I mean, we already know where uh, Nikki and Bree are going to go. Obviously, they're going to face each other. Hopefully, not in a hell in a cell or anything crazy. But <laughs> what do you think they do with Page and AJ? Do you think they continue this feud? I mean, it's been a good feud, I think, but it's it's been a few months now. Um, where do you see one of maybe the you no know, Charlotte or you know one of the NXT women kind of getting in there? Um, I mean, where do you see those two going? Honestly, I I think that I don't know. I mean, I could see them being for at least one more show. Being with each other, you know, maybe one last blow off. I mean, at least unlike this is, I guess, will be the one time we may mention them in the whole entire show. Unlike TNA, when they do a steel cage themed pay per view, not every match has to be in a cage, a you know, lockdown. So I mean, just because it's at Hell in the Cell doesn't mean that these two women, at least I don't think, unless they get changed the way they do things, I don't think they'll be in a Hell in the Cell. You know, you know, as a result, that type of match. But I mean. I think we could see it one more time at Hell in the Cell. And I think it means more if you have the title on the line. So that's why I think AJ or Paige will have it. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Let's go on to the next match here. Um, Let's the, do a little tag team title match, I guess. You want to do the tag title match? Yeah, I mean, we're doing all this. Of, I was thinking of Rusev, Rusev Crush. But we'll do the tag match. I mean, if you, no. watched, you know, if you watched Raw, the main event for this show is not Cena... Lesnar, it's not, you know, Roman Reigns, you know, trying to hold on for a second victory against Mr. Money in the Bank. Final segment of this, uh was Mark Henry and Rusev. So I'm, I'm thinking that that's, we're going to talk about that much later, you know, because that is the co-main event of the show. And when I say co-main right. event, I mean Cena versus uh, Brock. I love uh, Rusev and Goldust. So gold, gold and Stardust. Um, they've done a nice job building this feud, actually, with kind of like the dusts is turning heel. 
Um, I like what they've done with them, actually, as far as them being healed. Um, yeah, I like the Usos. I think it'll be a really, really good match. I think those guys do uh, good work together. And the Usos are now definitely one of those teams that really just put out good work every time Every time they're in a match. They, they wrestle good matches. Um, so we'll kind of see, you know, where that goes. You know, maybe the Ascension get involved or something. But I, I think the Usos are going to lose the titles. And I see Golden Stardust actually winning. I think they deserve it. Um, they, they really um, went a long time with Cody doing his gimmick change. I think those guys deserve it. I think they've worked hard. And I think that it would be not crazy for them to have the titles. And I don't think the audience would be like, oh, my gosh, that's ridiculous. For them to have the titles, it'd give the Usos maybe something to do for a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I could easily see Gold and Stardust going over there. It's funny. So many times we have thought the Usos were going to lose the titles. They thought they were going to lose them to the Wyatts. I, it's hard. You know, every time you bet against the Usos, they, they win. So, I mean, I think the right decision is to have a title change here. Because I think the Usos will be even more interesting going after the titles. And I think that they've had a good title reign. I mean, I still really have no idea Anything really about the Usos, to be honest? Except they're Uso crazy. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I think Goldust and Stardust have worked really well together. I mean, uh, I've already said there's going to be a lot of title changes. And go. I think this is going to be a noteworthy show because of title changes. I'm, you know what? I'm going to say we're going to... You know, a couple of faces have to win. Um... I'm, you know what? I'm going to say the Usos keep the titles and watch. Now that I've actually finally picked them, this will be their death now, and they lose. But I, I think it's this could be the match of the night. I think this could steal the show. And I think the Usos hold on to the titles. But okay. I would not be disappointed in the least if Goldust and Stardust got the titles and had a chance to you know continue doing the great work that they have been doing. All right. I'm 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 going with Golden Stardust. Now, we have th- we have four matches left, I believe. I mean, we have a fifth match that might happen, depending on the way that you viewed Raw. We might see Big Show versus Bray Wyatt, you know, because they have unfinished business from Raw with not a you know with not a clean finish. But because we don't know if that's going to happen or not, we're not going to talk about that particular that's thing. A lot of matches for the pay per view. They put that on there, no. Sure, you know, we and all that we have for the pre-show is Christian, you know, interviewing uh, Chris Jericho, which is supposed to be an hour long. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to be. A, I think Grand Big Show might be the might be the pre, the pre-show match. I can see that. You know, that may not be a terrible way to get the audience uh, into the show. But um, speaking of Chris Jericho, let's uh, let's go with Chris Jericho and Randy Orton. Two guys who have held many titles, have been mainstays of this roster since uh, post-Attitude Era. Both have been, you know, very successful in their own times. Both, I think, that are kind of lost right now. And supposedly, Sunday will be the last time we see Jericho for a while because he'll be doing stuff for his book, his newest book coming out, tour dates with Fozzie, his band. So, from everything we've heard, either... Sunday will be his last uh, show. Maybe he'll be there on Monday, you know, to close out something 
for Raw. But I really, I think this will be a great match. These guys have very good chemistry. But I really don't know why we should care about this match. We shouldn't. They've given us no reason to care about it. On a scale of 1 to 10, what's your interest level in the match? 1? Maybe 2? Mine is 0. I don't care at all about it. And I think Jericho and Orton are, I think it'll be a good match. You know, absolutely. But they've given us no indication to care about this match at all. Jericho came clean. Randy Orton attacked him once and said, this is the season premiere. That's why he attacked him. It doesn't, it, I mean, it's a total throwaway match. Like, I don't know, I guess. Why even, I mean, Orton is clearly going to win the match because Jericho's leaving. Why would they have Orton lose the match? I guess it's a way to put Orton over. Um, because Jericho won against Kane, who Kane, Kane hasn't won a match since, um, you know, 2005. But they had Kane, obviously, you know, lose. I mean, you know, I don't know what they do there. Um, my interest level is just very, very low. Um, I see Orton going over easy. I see it being a solid, hard-fought match, but nothing crazy. Um, past history would tell you that when Randy Orton faces somebody who's leaving the company, even on their last night, a couple of years ago, you had with RVD, RVD won. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say Randy Orton wins. I don't think this match really means anything. I think, you know, maybe you could have Chris Jericho win just so when he does come back, he can gloat that he, you know, he won his last match, you know. But he doesn't need his guy who really, it doesn't really matter what he does, he's still going to be Chris Jericho, which we've seen from this, to say it nicely, lackluster run, which we may talk about, you know, this week or maybe after Monday's show, we'll get into this a little bit more on what Jericho has meant in this latest run, which I can tell you is pretty much nothing. Um, I'm going to go with Randy Orton, so we both think Orton. I guess the next match we should talk about, I said it kiddingly before, but I think you got to go with Rusev and Mark Henry. I think the build has been average at best. Um, I, I would say that you can't beat Rusev yet. I, I think that I think Rusev wins, and I'm hoping this is a one-and-done type of matchup. You, you know, I was just thinking about this. Um, I'm not that interested in this pay-per-view at all. And as we're talking about the previews, I'm finding myself not interested in this pay-per-view. And you know why I think, I, I think why? Because we talked about SummerSlam and how that was, there were really um, feuds that were changing things. You know, having Reigns win, having Lesnar win. You know, that was really changing some things. I think with this with this card, I think at the end of it, and we'll talk about Brock and Cena at the end, but if, if Mark Henry and Rusev wins, like, who cares? I, I mean, Rusev's almost definitely going to win. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see on this show, unless we get a surprise, which we'll talk about later, I don't see many things changing. I feel like this card's going to happen. Then we'll have Raw on Monday. I think the biggest thing at any at a Sunday or Monday might be on Monday when Dean Ambrose comes back. I just don't see a lot of impact from this card, and I think that's my my problem with it. And I think you know the audience, uh, you know, I think that's why they're not going to be super into it either. 
and why they weren't super into Raw on Monday. Because there's not shit car, uh, matches on here that could change wrestlers' futures, could cha- make a guy a main event or make a guy a top guy. It's kind of, you know, a, a souped-up version of Raw with Brock Lesnar and Cena, basically. I don't disagree with you at all, so... Um... Let's see. Oh, by the way, that being said, Rusev's going to win. Thank you. <laughs> I had a feeling that's where you were going there. Now, before we get to the next match, I just want to get your opinion. Do we see another rematch, or do you think uh, Rusev moves on to another person who's going to pretend to care about America for uh, for five weeks or four weeks? Um, you know, I, I don't know, Corey. Henry didn't get a great reaction on Monday. Um the week before, I think it was better. But the fans weren't really that... I, I think they kind of have to gauge how that crowd's going to be. Um, because, I don't know, it doesn't seem like fans are really that much... I think Mark Henry always has trouble as a babyface because he doesn't seem like a... He's barely ever been a babyface. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think it absolutely can continue... But I think it will continue if the WWE has faith that the fans will be behind Mark Henry, which I am not sure about just yet. Uh, let's see. So our co-main event, I would think, will be uh, the rematch from Monday, which we still have no idea why this is, is now the rematch instead of the first time ever these guys are facing each other in a non-developmental you know, setting. We've got Roman Reigns. Who's already beat his opponent, <laughs> Mr. Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins. Uh, everything that would make me think, because the guy that they're building to be the next big thing should win this match. But I think this could be a really, a, sh- a lot of craziness going on in this match, especially the fact that we had the clean match on Monday. I think we I think I think we see the return of uh, Dean Ambrose in this match, and I, I think this is going to be a pretty much a non-finish. I don't I don't think that you can beat Rollins two shows in a row like this. Um, and if he does lose clean again, I think that helps the idea that maybe he cashes in at the end of the night. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a pretty much a non-finish with the return of uh, Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I think, um, gosh, I don't know. I I would have thought for sure Reigns was going to win this match. But, man, having Rollins lose two times in a week to the same guy, ugh, so bad. Um, I think this has got to be a, I'm going to say Rollins goes over here. I'm going to say Rollins wins the match because, as mad as I am about what happened on Monday, I have to think that that was them just throwing something together because they had no time. And, I, I mean, we watched this, 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 this crap for a reason. We have to have some faith that they know what they're doing, you know, Vince McMahon and Creative and Triple H, that they have some idea what they're doing, at least a little bit. So, you know, I'm going to bet on them knowing a little bit on what they're doing, and that Rollins goes over in the match. So I'm going to say Rollins wins the match. Does he win clean, or is it because uh, 
the the uh, the Sorry. returning future champion Dean Ambrose causes a DQ. Um, I don't think Ambrose will be involved. Oh, okay. Well, here's hoping you're wrong because you know I'd like to see uh, Dean Ambrose return. I'd rather Rollins win and Ambrose not return than Rollins lose and Ambrose return. Okay. So that's where I am with that. All right, so our main event of the evening, rematch from SummerSlam, rematch from, you know, SmackDown circa 2003, rematch from, you know... Extreme Rules. Extreme, thank you. I couldn't think of the name of the pay-per-view for a second. Extreme Rules. The, the follow before the rematch at Hell in the Cell. That will be rematched at the Royal Rumble, which will, that will be rematched at WrestleMania. No, I'm kidding. Um, we've got the champion, Brock Lesnar, versus the former champion, John Cena, invoking, as we've been told, his rematch clause. And if he didn't get it, he would have sued the company because that's what a babyface does. A.K.A. the bully of a 49-year-old man with two children who love John Cena. Uh, Jesus. Uh, so we've got Lesnar-Cena. Should be another very good match. I think this match should be a lot more even. I don't see him getting, you know, suplexed 16 times and basically standing around like, you know, I don't know why I'm even here this time. So I think it should be a lot more competitive match. Honestly, I have no idea who wins this. I believe that the person who should win is Brock Lesnar and keep the the legacy of being the guy who beat the Undertaker's streak and who continues to win until at least next year's WrestleMania. I think that's what they should do. I think Cena has enough clout that if he wants the title back, he's going to get it, and he's got the biggest cheerleader of the company behind him in Vince McMahon. But, you know, if you're afraid that fans aren't going to be happy if your champion's not... At every show, I think you go with the cash-in, and I think you you could see Seth Rollins. So, I mean, I know I haven't given a real answer here, but if I have to choose, I'm going to say we're going to have a Money in the Bank cash-in, Seth Rollins, new champion, Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose, Hell in the Cell, co-main event. So it took a while to get here. But we do have our surprise of the evening from Corey. I think this is my thing. Uh, thinking about the pay-per-view and kind of how much of a whole-home pay-per-view that it could be, I think it'll be a good matches for sure. I really do. There, ha- I You would think there would have to be some type of surprise. I don't think there's going to be a surprise. Maybe the return of Rollins, or, or I'm sorry, Ambrose, that's possible. I do not see Brock Lesnar losing this match. I see him beating Lesnar up once again. I see uh, beating Cena up once again and maybe Cena taking some time off because Cena's been having some injury issues. So maybe he beats Cena so bad he has to take time off and then Cena comes back in a couple of months stronger and ready to go and all that other stuff. Um, I, 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 I don't see how you can make Lesnar lose that match. He's killed, as I said before, killed him at SummerSlam. Killed The Undertaker. This is the year of Lesnar. I think he has to win this match. Um, 
And I think if he loses, it'll be a real shame. Now, you're right. Cena could win and then Rollins could cash in. That's very possible. I, I just, I, I don't see Brock losing the match. I don't. And it's possible. It's wrestling. Anything's possible. Um, it's scripted, but I just, I don't see it. Logically, I don't see how you're going to make him um, lose the match. You know what? I, I that's you know, like you said, that's what makes wrestling interesting. The idea of even though it is a scripted form of entertainment, there's still enough intrigue. Even though that we bitch and moan sometimes on how the creative direction doesn't have any clue what it's doing, I think based on how they have rebuilt Cena over these last couple of weeks and what happened to Seth Rollins on Raw. I think there's enough doubt that creeps in that makes this interesting. And I personally think that as long as Cena doesn't walk out the title, I think that's the right decision. I don't, I wouldn't like the idea of hot-shotting the money in the bank. But like I said, the way they built this, built Cena as a guy who's basically... I mean, it is interesting, you know. I've, I know I'm backtracking again, but... Usually when Cena is going to win the title, he'll actually say that, you know, I'm here to win the title. Right now, this whole entire time, Mr. Rowney's saying, I'm here to beat, you know, Lesnar's ass. So, I mean, it could come down to the idea that he beats beats up Lesnar and Rollins cashes in. I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different ways you can go. But I think due to the fact that it is, you know, renewal time for a lot of people, and this might be the only time we mention the WWE Network pretty much at all in this on this show, which is a new one for us. I think you need something that's going to get these guys to go and say, I must have the WWE Network for the value that it is, and I have to watch every pay-per-view because you never know what's going to happen again. Let, let, let me ask you this, and I know we're going to talk about it more, but um, and we still may uh, at, at some point, but... Uh, what is, what is going to be a better show? NXT TakeOver, which was tremendous, by the way. And if you guys have a chance, absolutely watch the WWE Network for nine ninety nine, and go watch TakeOver. It was a great, great show. What's going to be better, NXT TakeOver or Night of Champions? My gut reaction would say NXT TakeOver. But you know what? With the idea of... The, the Usos tag team match, the way that Lesnar and Cena have such good chemistry together, as much as neither one of us care that much about it, I think you could see a really good effort come out of Orton and Jericho. I think you could have two really good wrestling shows, but, I, but I'm going to say that NXT was strong enough and got guys over and with the Kenta... Oh, I'm sorry, Hideo Itami, or whatever his name, Itami, premiere. I think that it's going to be a stronger show, but I think it could be close. But I'm going to go with TakeOver. Okay. I'm going to say TakeOver um, pretty easily. I'm going to say, I mean, you know, the, the four-way match was amazing. I really enjoyed the women's match. I even I enjoyed the tag match. Um, I thought it was just a very, very good show. Um, and, and so I, I just, I think it'll be, I don't think there'll be any match on this pay-per-view, this United Champions pay-per-view that comes close to that four-way match. So, um, because of that, I will say, uh, NXT TakeOver, um, will be a better, sh- or 
is a better show than what we will see at Night of Champions. That being said, I think it's worth it to watch Night of Champions because I think you may not see a lot of, you know, craziness in terms of different angles, but I think you will um, get very good wrestling um, and very solid stuff from the wrestlers and guys working hard for sure. And you know what? I think that's... When push comes to shove, all you can really hope for is to be to be entertained at the end of the night. And I I do think that you have enough guys who will work their ass off that I think you will be entertained. I mean, if you ask me right now, before it even happens, what how I think we'll grade this pay-per-view out, you know, on a 1 to 10 next week when we talk, I'm going to guess it's going to be somewhere in the 6 or 7 range. So, I mean, I guess you could say NXT will be a better show because I think I gave NXT like an 8 or a 9. Because, you know, there was some fluff in there that nobody cared about. Sure, sure. I, I, I agree. I think a 6 or a 7 is a good... Basically, nothing crazy happens, but it's a solid show. Well, you... I mean, I think the way you look at it is... I don't... I think the only way that you're really upset at this show is if, at least in your mind, and partly mine, if Cena walks out as champion. I think that's just... I think that's kind of, at this point... We would consider that, you know, kind of unacceptable. I, I mean, God, I, I don't want Cena to go. <laughs> but, I mean, and you know what? I think Cena's done a really good job in his feet. I really do. Um, but I, I, I don't want to see him be champion. I don't. No. Please. Please. There's, th- there's three possible people who could be champion. The only one I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely do not want to see be champion is John Cena. I'll even take Rollins. But I, I think booking-wise and logistics and the way it seemed to make the most sense is to have Lesnar win that match. Wow. I, I couldn't disagree with you uh, even if I tried. I think that it's going to be a you – know, I think it will be a thumbs-up show – but not a massive, you know, thumbs-up show. I think that's the best way we can uh, we can put that. Um, now, before we get out of here, just a couple of last-minute topics uh, before we call it a night. We kind of mentioned it a moment ago. We'll just talk about this quickly now, and then we'll be able to look further back based on what happens on Sunday and possibly Monday. If you had to judge it, would you consider Chris Jericho's latest run a success uh, average or a failure? And remember, he's he beat up the Miz his I, first I think, night. I think it was. A, I think it was fine. I think it was. I think he's had some really really successful runs. I think this was kind of an RVD like run. He's a legend. Everybody loves him. Everybody cheers him. He comes back. He puts some guys over. He leaves. I don't think it was a. Oh, I think our expectations are high for Jericho because of some of the work he's done. Mm-hmm. But generally, when he's come back as a heel is when he's done strong work. And when he's come back as a babyface, he hasn't done strong work. And I think that's been Jericho for years, basically. I mean, there was a little run there um, with the whole Triple H thing and Raw and, and, and all that where he kind of had that run. But he was kind of like a smarky, like, kind of like an, you know, asshole kind of babyface. You know, now he's kind of like a, you know, uh, he's come back as kind of a generic version of himself in a way. 
And so I think that guy is a guy that's like, he wrestles good matches. He can wrestle good matches, you know, with anybody. But he's kind of a, he's kind of come back as a generic version of Chris Jericho, which is okay um, and can be entertaining, but not, not great. So I'd say his return, I would say it's along the lines of five or six. Um, probably more leaning sort of five. I guess the best way to look at it when it comes to him is Bray Wyatt, more relevant, less relevant, same amount of relevance as a result of his feud with Chris Jericho. Because I'm kind of, at this point, I'm, I've kind of gotten tired a little bit of Bray. I still think he does good, pay, good, good work on the mic to, to very good work. But I think that Chris Jericho's job in this in this three month uh, three months that he was here, and at least in his own mind, I think he was also was to help make Bray Wyatt a bigger star. And I just don't think that happened. And if he, that did, and if that's one of your main jobs when you got here for this run, and you didn't get that, and you didn't succeed, I don't know if you can say it was a positive run. Okay, that's fair. Um, I guess last thing we'll bring up before we call it a day and, you know, get ready to watch, you know, another week of NXT, sit through another week of TNA and a lot of other things before we talk to you again next week. I'm, I'm just wondering, Toppy, right now, if you had to do, say, a yes or a no, and we do, how do I put this nicely? Are you excited for the next couple of next couple of months of the WWE right now, because I mean, I see Lesnar as champion equals excitement. I see the way that they're going to build the, the guys in the Shield as being you know kind of exciting. But besides that, I don't know if they've really done enough building blocks to really put in motion for us to really care. I don't know if I'm if explained that right or wrong, but no, I I, th- I think you're right. We're gonna have this kind of mid languishing mid mid card, like we always say. Um, um, we're gonna have the languishing mid card. We're gonna have the upper main event guys, um, or upper mid card guys. You can call them like the Shield, like Orton. You can put them all in that category, and then you'll have your main eventers. And um, I think that the Shield stuff's always interesting. I think that's the thing that the internet seems to be most interested in, for sure, in the WWE. That's something that I think us as a podcast, we're very probably most interested in. And I think they could do some really, really fun things. I think the WWE has missed Ambrose not being there, for sure. And it'll be good with him coming back. Um, I'd be interested in what they do with Rollins and Reigns, absolutely. And... Um, so am I excited? Sure. I think there's some interesting things they can do. Now, listen, FIFA 2015 comes out on Tuesday. Uh, we already have football. Um, I've got some classes I've got to take for school. You know, work is kind of getting intense for me. So we'll see. You know, they're going to have to, you know, we got this podcast, so we're always going to do the show. But I might do more yelling and critiquing and really um, talking a lot of positives. They've really got to give... Me, as someone who's got some things going on, something to chew on and something I want to see. Um, and with that said, let's go into the plugs here. 
So if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Um, I, Corey does go on there every now and then. I'm on there more often, but um, it's at Worked Shoot Pod. Worked Shoot Pod. Live Treat Raw. Oftentimes, yesterday, not as much because the show sucked. Um, I will be live treating Night of Champions almost for sure. And so we'll be doing that. Um, to get our podcast, you go to workedshoot.podomatic.com. Workedshoot.podomatic.com. Um, you can also look us up on iTunes at the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Just look us up on iTunes. We got a review, which we were very happy about. Thank you to the gentleman or lady who reviewed us. And lastly, I want you to know that the Work Shoot Podcast is brought to you by Punch Apparel. Go to www.punc.co, not .com, .co. That's punch.co. And freshen up your wardrobe. Like I said, they've got like some nice t-shirts, some cool, some cool stuff you guys might be into. And then the promo code SHOOT, all in caps, at checkout for 15% off. So you can get the shirt or as, you know, many shirts as you want. You put in the promo code, you get 15% off. Also, punch.co accepts all major currencies and all free orders get, all orders get free worldwide shipping. Which is huge, so you can get it shipped to you for free. That's awesome. Punch.com. Perfect. And you were speaking of the review on iTunes. Just want to give a little shout-out. A.D. Suarez uh, gave us a five-star review saying, one of the best podcasts online. Seriously, guys, keep up the good work. Well, A.D., thank you, and continue listening. And uh, when we see some of these on iTunes, some of these reviews, we will uh, be sure to give you a little bit shout-out right back. And I want to thank, from a couple of months ago, Benjamin Leroy and Amelia for also giving us some uh, nice words on iTunes. So thank you, guys. Uh, Before we get out of here, I just want to once again remind people to check out Headlock Comics which uh, Michael Kingston, who hoping to have on the show either next week or the next couple of weeks, go to kickstarter.com and look up Headlocked, The Last Territory, Volume 2. He has 49 days to, uh, to reach his goal of $20,000. He's a little bit less than halfway there, so it looks like he has a good shot of making it, and when he comes on the show, we'll be more than happy to... Uh, Continue to help him get to that goal. Like always, want to go and tell everybody to check out com, the blog by our buddy Christopher Morin, who will be talking about mixed martial arts, wrestling, sports. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about the Chicago Bears and, you know, a lot of other great topics that go on in that crazy head of his. And um, just want to say I want everybody... So keep on listening, and if you missed it last week, check out episode 39 of the podcast with Zach Zimmerman of ProWrestling.net, who did a great job and really pumped up our interest in seeing uh, NXT TakeOver this week, which turned out to be a really good show. So don't forget to go and check out ProWrestling.net for his work and for everyone else. There, Jason Powell and Chris Shore. We do great jobs, but for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. 
Enjoy the pay-per-view this Sunday. Hopefully it's a good one. Jason, you have anything to tell the audience before we get out of here? See ya. Yeah.